welcome to Ozzy's Mind. Now, for today's episode, you might be asking yourself, what's going on? What are we talking about? Well, since Marvel has started with the cinematic universe, they have grown so much, and it's mind-blowing. In fact, amazing, even, of what we've seen. But the one I'm going to specifically talk about that we are on the road to getting and finally been announced. I mean, it's been announced for a while and it's been on the plate for so long, but finally announced just by a logo as well. It's Fantastic Four. We have all been waiting for that one because now that Marvel has kind of gotten their pressure cooker algorithm of superhero movies down, they take the time, they cook it like a fine gourmet meal. DC's trying as well, but it's one of those restaurants that you go to, and it's not that they don't care, it's not that they're not trying, it's just that things don't go well with the recipe. But that's okay, you can see that their recipe is cooking and growing, And I will talk about DC's set of meals on another episode. But for now, here we are talking about Marvel, the other giant of comics and in the movie industry. Let's step on into their restaurant and talk about an old dish. You know, we're going to call it the throwback dish of Fantastic Four leading up to the newer one. It's going to be a long time before we see the newer one, of course. It's sad, but I'm excited, and I'll talk about that in a future episode. But for now, we're going to talk about the three I know of. Yes, I know there's an old classic one done with some practical effects for the thing, but I'm talking about Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and... Fant4Stick. I have more details on Fant4Stick and a little bit of the first one. The second one's a blur, but I'm going to talk about a few points on that one. And basically, we're just meshing in the Fantastic Four movies. So hang tight and join me on a trip as we go to Fantastic Four. Road from the first to the new. going to cut each Fantastic Four up into a different segment. So, episode one, part one of three. And I know most of these you build up to Fantastic, but I'm going to start off with Fantastic. Then we're going to do the early 2000s, and then a little bonus, but more like a returning episode will be Fantastic Four, the new one from the cinematic universe of Marvel. 
it'll be a couple years before that, but we'll have fillers in between, you know, revisitings and all that. Or I'll just talk about Marvel movies, whichever one comes first, you know? But let's get it started right now. Wow. Fantastic Four, Fant Four Stick was one of those that you watch once and you're confused if you're watching the actual Fantastic Four or a attempt at a scary movie. Why do I say that? Because some of the premises just feels like that to me. So, let's kick it off with the first thing I want to talk about, and it's some of the characters. Reed Richards' teacher is the first one I'm going to throw out the window. And I don't mean like out of the movie, like erase him. I'm going to throw him out the window because of how harsh he was to kids and even to Reed. Like, he, I understand like if you watch it from a different perspective, it's like, oh, you know, he's he's being a teacher. He's putting it how it should be. No, that man did not have to look Reed Richards in the eye and go... You're trying to teleport people as your career in the future as a scientist. That's not real. Get a get a life, kid. Get a job. Like he was very blunt about it. Like I know you don't want to baby kids, and I know you also don't want to break their dreams. But that man didn't even try to just be like, well, I admire the you know enthusiasm you have in that dream, but. It's not gonna work, kid. Not right now. We're limited by the technology of our time. No, he straight up was drop kicked him with that. Just get a life, kid. You know, your dream will never come true. Don't care how smart you think you are. You'll never make it. And then the other ones of the adults during this beginning part of the film his parents where is reed's mom and dad in this like yeah it's established and we see him but you know stepdad i don't remember his name because i don't know if they even said it they oh my goodness they did not even think to look for him later on in the movie when he was out and about what looked like later at night at 11 to 12 o'clock just at a junkyard looking for things. He became friend, best friends with Ben Grimm there. But they they didn't think to go have a search party. They didn't think to try and look at all. Stepdad was watching football while mom was in the kitchen making dinner, I assume. And I know it's like, oh, well, maybe in that perspective it was just them letting him be in his room or out in the garage doing whatnot. No. If I don't even hear, like, the clattering of, like, at least a hammer or a wrench, because this kid obviously knew what he was doing, or even, you know, the regular computer noises since he's working on an experiment from his room or the garage, I'm instantly going to be like, hey, hey, babe, you got to go find our kid. Like, there's no sound. We gotta find him. I would become worried. And I know I'm not a parent, but I can already tell you right now that whenever me and my lady have a kid, we're definitely not gonna just ignore the talent. And we're definitely not gonna be like, 
yeah, no. It's cool. He's gone for right now. He, he can just walk in, you know? He has spare key. Keys to the car, even. Like, no. No, it's like, honey, have we checked on our son? I'm gonna go check on him. I know I checked on him, like, 30 minutes ago. But dinner sounds like it's about ready, and I, I don't want him to miss it. It was definitely one of those homes where you could tell that they didn't understand it, and they chose to just be like, all right, we'll just kind of live life. So yeah, I, I my bone picked on that with those parents. I could have looked at it wrong, you know, let me know what you think, because if you follow me on social medias like Twitter or Facebook, you know, let me know what you think about that. Like, go look up a scene, or if you don't feel like it, you know, get a review, and let me know what you think about that. I could be looking at it wrong. But going off of the parents now into the movie, the teacher years later, they're at a science fair doing this, and the teacher sees with his own eyes the plane disappear, like, disappear from our realm, and then come back a little busted up with some dirt on it from a place they don't even know where that plane went. And model plane, like Hot Wheels model level plane. And he look, has the audacity to look at Reed and Ben, who've worked on this for the longest time, and be angry just because it went wrong and busted the backboard of a basketball hoop. I know I'd be mad too, but at the same time, I'd be amazed. I'd give them the award. Instead of watching that and being like, here's your reward, he gave, he disqualified them. He gave them no, like, hey, um, we're going to disqualify you because you broke property, but take that to a lab. Like, go chase your dreams, Reed Richards. I'm sorry, I doubted you. No, he was straight up like, you're disqualified. I... This is a science fair, not a magic show. Take it and get out of here. Like, why? I would have been that teacher that would have instantly given him an A+. Plus because I, that's, that's a big brain moment. That's big levels of intelligence. And you're going to just wave it away? Luckily, Reed Richards himself then meets up with Dr. Storm. And Dr. Franklin Storm takes him in. He takes him into the lab because he is scouting at a science fair for high school. That's a weird one for me. But he was like, yeah, you know, I saw you with that project from afar. Me and my daughter, Sue Storm. And the way that worked and you brought it back. That's the, that's a problem we've been facing back at HQ. We, we need your mind. We need it. Come with us. And he, you know, Reed Richards excited because he's finally being recognized along with Ben. Ben, happy for his best friend. They go. And let me tell you, the moment they get to there, it's, it's basically how kind of the first Fantastic Four went. But I will say Fantastic Four was faster to getting them their powers because that was the rest of the premise of the movie, right? wrong for this one they start this one off by simply going yeah this is fantastic four but they're getting the powers a little bit later on 
because it's it's more of a teen angst film after that, especially when you meet Victor Von Doom. I know I'm jumping a lot on the characters of introductions, but let me tell you right now, Reed Richards when he's introduced, he's a smart kid, but for some reason talks very robotic. A lot of characters do, but he is definitely the most robotic I've seen. They almost make him kind of antisocial in the sense. Ben Grimm, you know, he's like a regular tough kid. You know, the, if you fall and scrape your knee, just dust yourself off and keep going. But he's very, you know, like, just, you know, yeah, whatever. A lot of characters in the movie actually feel like that. And it's, it's one of the things I think could have been kicked up a notch is just feeling more alive. Because when you do, like, how I'm talking right now, I'm trying to keep it flowing different tone and you know just right off the wall but it, the interactions there in that movie is like if you met this Reed Richards this specific version it'd be like hey how's it going man you you know you catch the ball game last night uh, oh yeah I, I caught it last night I, I didn't have time to watch it I just had to get a project done you know yeah okay How's the project going? Oh, it, it's going great. I just need to figure out how to wire this one thing together. Then, after I wire it together, I can just upload it. Are you okay? Do you do you need do you need a hug? You sound like you've been through the ringer, my man. And uh, again, I know acting-wise, that's probably just because some of the directions went off into a different direction but that's okay you know they've tried they put the movie out there and now we get into the point of just introduction and when I get to the point of how I feel it's a scary movie you'll understand why Sue Storm when we get to meet her Susan Storm let me tell you if you've read the, the comics if you've seen the Fantastic Four movies before this one Sue Storm is smart, but she has a sassy kind of personality a bit. Like, you know, she's definitely that character that sticks out being like, I'm Sue Storm, I'm smart, and no man's gonna hold me down to be this just being there. She's strong, independent, and will make sure you know it. This one is... How do I explain? This character was done where she seems more robotic like Reed. In fact, even more robotic because she's now just more about patterns, which it's not a bad thing. It's just the character itself was played more... All of them, of course, were played more like a dead, brought-back-to-life version with less of a soul. Like, they watched the most horrifying thing happen, and now they're just zombies. It made me uncomfortable. But at the same time, I think that's where the scary movie vibes come on in, because they do show signs of being teenagers, and Reed Richards himself, you know, they're all human, they're gonna have, like, fun personalities. These ones were kind of cold, and then once they, the three, after I mention that last one that's in this, they all do the teenager thing, and then disaster strikes but yeah sue storm into patterns 
She's very kind of cold almost while being robotic, trying to show a little bit of human emotion. And that's not the actress's fault. That's just how it came off to me. To other people, it probably came off different. But to me, the tone just came off dark in the movie itself. So I think it was just by circumstance, that's what we saw. But moving on, we are now going to bring in her brother. And it's the one that escapes a little bit of the atmosphere of being cold, but being more like an angsty teen. And that's the Michael B. Jordan Human Torch. And let me tell you right now, that Johnny Blaze, I actually liked that interpretation. It's just the execution of the movie itself could have taken off more if we escaped the dark tone because when we meet Johnny Blaze or not Johnny Blaze that's Ghost Rider but when we meet Johnny Storm oh my gosh man let me tell you he is exactly the amount of Johnny Storm like there's Johnny Storm hidden underneath there because when you see him for the first time he's going to a drag race he ignores the phone call he's like (laughs) whatever I'm Johnny Storm. I'm about to race this car that I built from scrap and win and take this guy's vehicle because that's what I'm good at. Spoiler alert, his, his something in the back, I think it was one part of the engine or something. I know that's not what the engine is, but some part of it basically exploded. His engine stopped and he peeled out, had a wreck and fractured his arm from the look of it. it. It didn't end pretty. And how did he get roped into the calm before the storm? His dad, Franklin Storm, which, by the way, is, the whole dynamic of how they changed the characters was a little different, but I think it was a comfortable different. But in this, Franklin Storm was like, you know, no, I'm not gonna just let this slide. I'm not going to let you go back out there with your car. You're going to come with me. You're going to work this off. Work off a debt because you built that car yourself, yes, but you did it with my money. Come be one of my scientists. Reluctantly, Johnny Storm goes, and there it is. He's now on the team with Sue Storm. And, oh my gosh, my brain had a pause there because it was like, stop bringing up these people. Stop talking about it. Just leave while you can. But I'm going to go through it. Anyway, Reed Richards, Sue Storm. And then the one that I have to mention, Victor Von Doom, who I'm going to nickname Victor Von Punk. Why do I say that? because that's what his character felt like. It didn't feel like an evil scientist. It didn't even feel like a man hungry for power. I mean, hungry for power indeed, but not in the way you would see Victor Von Doom. Because Victor Von Doom, as we know him, is a man who is very smart. In fact, I believe neck and neck with Reed Richards' intelligence. But this man, when you think of Victor Von Doom, you see the metal mask, the armor he wears, and the power and intelligence he carries. He is a force to be reckoned with and outsmarts everyone in the room. The only person able to keep up at times is Reed Richards. 
This one is a guy who looks like he like quit the band of Green Day and then went into hiding after a project failed or something went wrong, who apparently set fire to the lab of his old workplace. Sorry to say, Reed, like, not Reed Richard, Victor Von Doom, if he's going to go out, yes, he'll go out in style, but he's not going to, you know, be like, oh, I'm going to burn your whole house down with the lemons. No, he's going to be just, I'm, I'll be back. You'll feel my wrath the day I come. So, be ready. And then, you know, when he comes back, it's not going to be, I set your lab on fire because I'm angry. No, it's, I'm going to kill you right on the spot. Right after I make you suffer and watch as your work crumble into the ground. So yeah, Victor Von Doom is not present. Only Victor Von Punk. Dr. Punk, if you will. <laughs> so, he he's met by Franklin. And he is just living life like some guy who got an apartment, put it together, and just... Yeah, he's not happy. And he's playing a game with a weird, like, headset that reads his thoughts and controls or something. It doesn't look like it's working because there's, like, an enemy that's punching him. And the character's not fighting back. The character rolls, of course, but doesn't do well. He's taking some damage. You can see it. And, of course, the simple, like, just straight-to-the-point conversation is, Now that I've come to get you, Victor... I gotta let you know we're we're close to finishing but we can't do this without you we need your help we're on the road you started this road with us come finish that road and Victor just looking at him nah I don't care you all threw me to the side I'm just gonna do something better with my time I mean alright I'll just Head on back then, Victor. Since you... Yeah, you know, you'll waste away. Nobody will remember the name because you didn't decide to try to help humanity. Have a pity party. So, we'll see you later. Wait! What is it, punk? Is Sue gonna be there? Just please come. Just get clean yourself up. Just come on to the lab. She will be there. I'm going. <laughs> Stupidest skit I'll ever do. Number one. Woo! <laughs> oh, it's okay. All good. But, yeah, no. Going from there. It, it, first episode, we'll, we'll run with a little bit of bumps and bruises here. <laughs> but, yeah, just going from there, it is... It's one of those things where they finally get him in, everybody meets, there, you know, it's the starting point where nobody's really buddy-buddy, but it's like they'll trash on each other a little bit, and then they have the montage building it all up, and that is the get-together of the Fantastic Four team, Victor Von Doom included. Not really part of the Fantastic Four, because they didn't name themselves that yet, but the team we all know and love so 
we're going to take a pause right there before we hit the nightmare that is exactly what you know is coming up. I know it's like you just spent that whole 20 minutes introducing everyone, but we're going to kind of like transition to the next part. And that part is the disaster that strikes. Alright, so, introductions of the teams out of the way, the stumbling beginnings, if you will. We are now ready to dive into the next part, and that is, you know, the disaster. I will say the movie itself, again, it's not incredibly bad. There have been way worse attempts one of them I will cover another time, but, and I'm, it's not even related to Marvel. But like I said, another time. This part right here, I kind of, you know, did it quick and just, like I said, stumbling beginnings of just introducing the characters. Now we're going to kind of just go right into the meat of it. So, Reed Richards, beginning age... Everything was just, you know, not working for him. Even his teacher was bashing on him. Best friend Ben Grimm, they try again later to make the teacher see that he was wrong. And it fell apart. So what happens? Franklin Storm and his daughter scouting for scientists. I guess young scientists, very young. Why are we at a high school, you know, science fair? I don't know. Anyway, looking over that, they recruit Reed Richards and Ben. Ben, you know, it's not his style. He doesn't go. So he, he's at home. But Reed, he's there. He's working on it with Sue Storm. Johnny joins in after the incident with the car. And Victor Von Doom is reluctantly brought on. And here they are. They're ready to go. They're ready to get things moving, moving. And let me tell you, in the montage, you can see that they're building chemistry, they're having fun. Victor Von Doom, or Victor Von Punk, as I call him, again. <laughs> he's just being, you know, he's being a punk. He, he just sounds, looking at him, you're not going to think, oh, that's a man with a brilliant mind who is ready to become a villain at the wrong point of time. No, you look at him, it's like, that's definitely the villain. Not even building up to it. He looks like he's about ready to just crack someone in the nose and be like, I'm stealing your plans. And I'm going to prove my mom wrong. And my dad. And I'm going to show him that I skateboarded away for a good reason. No, son. Sit down. <laughs> but yeah, no. Let me just already roll that off the floor. And put it in its chair. That... The moment that Reed and Sue have like a moment talking together because they're obviously the two romantic interests of each other. Every fan knows that. And Victor Von Punk sees that from a distance. Calls Reed over and he's like, oh yeah, you're being unprofessional, man. Be very unprofessional. 
to each read retorts, no, I, I'm, we're working. We're being very professional. The reason why we're talking right now is because the stuff's done, man. Congratulations. Sue, hey, Sue, show him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, you know, let the others know after a nap. But it's done, man. We did it. Which Victor Von Punk just looks in awe and shock like, what? Without me? You finished it when I wasn't here? Like, you were there the whole time, dude. I mean, he doesn't say that directly in the movie, but the look is like, why are y'all celebrating this now? I wanted to be in the room, and I wanted to announce that it was done. Yeah, I don't know, man. That Again, kudos to the actors for doing their best. The movie definitely was just, I think it was cut wrong, the tone and everything. That's why I'm probably feeling that vibe and why everyone else felt that vibe. But I do give a very big, like, you know, an appreciation that they tried. Because if I had tried making a movie, it would look like a home video thing. It would not reach their level. But it's hard to, like, stutter. It's hard to do, like, a movie a lot, especially when you have some examples that didn't do great on the first go. So that's probably why Fant Stick didn't do well. They were trying to make it cooler by making it dark, and it just ended up not being what everybody knew. It became more of a scary movie slash slow burn but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna run right through that marsh, and I'm gonna say it right off the bat. The reason why I keep bringing up it's a scary movie. After they get everything done, and they test it, which by the way they send a monkey. They like they talk about sending you know, like what's the word organic material. I figured they were gonna send like maybe a plant or something else that is organic. You know, send the steak over on the other side and see if the steak, since it's made of, like, bi- like biological material, would either be zapped to death. I mean, it's already dead, but you know what I mean. Basically incinerated, or if it comes back just mutated, something. But no, they send a straight-up, like, chimp on the other side. And while it's a CGI chimp, of course, for the movie, they sent an animal that didn't choose to be a science subject. It's just there. So that that's bad method. What happens if, you know, you bring back Bobo and Bobo is missing a leg or Bobo mutates into a monster? You have problems on your hand. And I know it's like, well, that's the same thing for a steak. Like, we want to see if you'll die immediately. Well, don't send Bobo. In fact, why don't you put flies in a jar? Send the flies. They're biological. Anyway, after that rant, 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 rant. Woo! Sorry. (laughs) You're going to get randomness like that out of nowhere. But yeah, no, just... They send them through, and they... They get him back, of course, 
and then the disappointment drops once more. The government guy that's there, who is a complete jerk to them, just like the teacher, denies them their dream of seeing the other side. They worked so hard to do it, and they wanted to go over to the other side, but then they drop it. They drop the whole thing. They don't give them a chance. They don't give them like a, hey, we see that you put hard work into it, so why don't we send you with the NASA team if you can make like a little area where the NASA team can be in the pods and you can chill in the center just in case something goes wrong and we need to bring you back. No, they're just like, we're going to get in contact with NASA because we don't trust people who actually put the time and the work into doing it go on the other side really really you're not oh my gosh and I understand like if someone came to me about this and be like well there's a good reason I'll listen because this is my point of view it's acceptable to get all the points of view not just one point of view because on another point of view someone could you know when you think about it could explain that they probably did that because they wanted trained astronauts to travel to that dimension and take care of things just in case something went wrong on the scientist end. But we all know that that feeling of like getting your dreams ripped away, they even touch on that in the movie. So that's an excellent like one pointer on the board and they have some more, but you know, the one I want to mention is, the fact that the dream they had of going to the other side once they complete the, this, you know, this science project in the scale of things, once they complete this, they can go. That's what they were told. That's what they believed. And now some government official is ripping that away from them. That's heartbreaking. I would... Mm-mm. I would jump. I would jump at the right moment. Just, okay, wait till he walks out of the room. And then I would go. But at the same time, I'd make sure to get some good, like, can it be done properly and safely? How did they go about it? Well, after Franklin and the government people leave... I know, like, government officials, government people sounds a little just, oh, yeah, the government people. <laughs> I know how to talk government. It's the government people. I sound like I've sniffed 50 markers right there. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm getting high off Sharpie. Don't do it. Do not. That's bad. You will die. But moving on, so Sue goes with Franklin, and it's just Reed, Victor, and Johnny. What do they do? They get drunk because Victor Von Punk pulled out a flask. It's like, you know what? We need a drink. Who's thirsty? I got whiskey in a flask. I don't trust whatever's in that whiskey, man. You probably mix, like, vodka and then tequila and then the whiskey to a dangerous level because of how sad you look. But so they get drunk. They talk about the idea. They spin it around a few times and they hit a good point. Like, you know, 
many people don't know the men and women who had the dream of making the rocket and going to the moon. But once you mention the names like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, you're instantly going to remember the moon landing. And thankful, thankfully, with Google, you can look that up and get that information of who was part of the team, who thought of the idea, whose idea was it, yada, yada. And they get credited. I don't know how effectively credited they are, but they do get mentioned. And it's a fun fact that you can look up and then have with you. But they do make a good point that before then, the biggest names of who accomplished the moon landing was the men and women of NASA, but the main ones fronting it is Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and I think there was a third or fourth person. I'd have to look it up myself as well. And it's unfair in regards, because it's like you work hard for that dream, only for it to be taken away. I would have thrown hands. (laughs) And no, like, seriously, like, if, like, right now I'm doing this podcast, it's my dream. If for some reason something came up and it was like, yeah, you know, Aussie Boy 13 is brought to you by this production company and Aussie's mind is also brought to by them, I would cry as I'm beating the daylights out of the son of a gun who stole it from me. Like, you stole my dream! Headphone user warning. (laughs) But yeah, no. I would definitely say that they have the right to feel that way. They should not have done it drunk because, you know, they call up Ben. Well, I say they Reed calls up Ben after it's mentioned, like, why don't we go ourselves? Yeah, that's a good idea. Don't tell anybody, not even Sue. Let's just go. And that's exactly what they do. How does it go? It goes relatively well for three drunk scientists and basically the designated driver of this whole mission, Ben Grimm. They get in the pods. They set up the remote activation so they can travel to the other dimension. And guess who gets the alert? Guess who gets it? Sue Storm working on her patterns and you know the right thing to do you call the guy who put it all together who's responsible so you can let him know yeah something's going down and they are probably in danger and that's what they do they go they're on their way and they make it obviously how else are they gonna make it to the planet if not to get the powers. Of course, they don't know that. That's uh, us as an audience, you and me. That's that's what we know. It's going to happen. And again, if this is a big spoiler, like if you're far into this, you obviously don't care about spoilers. But if you know you care about spoilers, sorry, you made it halfway into the episode. I will. There's a big spoiler warning at the beginning. So, welcome to this point. Very sorry. But, anyway. Yeah, they make it to the planet. 
and how does everything go from there? Well, as you expect, things go relatively okay for the first debating on how long they've been there, 15 to 10 minutes. They plant the flag. It shows a little bit of like green energy moving. So it's like, oh, the, the planet is power, is energy. Amazing. Wow. And then once they get rolling onto it, you run into basically where they spot the core of the energy, where it all pools together. Because Victor Von Punk's like, look over there, the energy. We must investigate. And they do. They really do. Ben, being the voice of reason, tries to pull him away from that, but they don't listen. And I'm going to tell you right now, any of my friends say it's a bad idea, even if it means that if we go further and we could possibly either discover an infinite power for the world or end up with cool superpowers, I'm not risking it. I will, like, the first two Fantastic Fours before this one, sure. That one doesn't seem as bad. The way they get their powers in this is scary once they reach that pool. I'm going to listen to my friend if he's like, I have a bad feeling. You're right. I do too. Let, we'll wait until we have the full team. We have the flag posted down. We'll just discover the rest with them in the comfort of our like base. But no, Reed and them are drunk with curiosity and, you know, Jack Daniels. So they go and make their way towards the glowy with Johnny Storm hanging out in the back because it's heights. They're climbing down to the pit to get to this thing. And he's like, nah, I, I ain't falling to my death. <laughs> I ain't dying right here on this hill. I will die on the other side, on top, if that comes to be. But I ain't falling because that's scary. And let me tell you, they get there and scientists everywhere, I'm sure will agree on this. Don't touch the things you don't know. Don't touch things you don't know what they'll do. Because guess what Victor Von Punk does? He reaches his hand straight into the energy, giving it like the, hey, I'm a pet you like you're a stingray. He's waving his hand in there, feeling the energy. He's like, it's alive. Pull your hand out. Don't don't leave it in there. <laughs> like, I'm telling you right now, if that's how we did discoveries of, like, how things worked when we were doing, like, nuclear energy and radioactive crap, that's how you die. That's how you get diseases. Like... like <laughs> That's on the level of going to nuclear waste, looking straight at it, bending close to it, scooping your hand in it, and then just slurping it like it was Gatorade and going, yeah, that it, that's energy, and dying right in it. He didn't die right in it after he touched it, but he activated it and made it angry. Like, yeah, energy's alive, and you're getting up in its business with your hand. Of course it's going to come and bite you in the butt. So they do that. They now have to run. And oh my gosh, disaster. Like I've kept building it up. It strikes hard. 
Victor Von Doom's the first to go, like I said, because uh, he gets destroyed in the first part of that sequence. Like, he didn't get destroyed while they were running to climb back up. They're in the middle of climbing back up, and the energy forms its own sentient lava that spews up and basically hits him all in the face. And it's all over his suit. It's melting the suit onto him. It's a horrible thing to happen to anyone. I wouldn't even wish that upon anyone. And it snaps the rope, and he falls into the rest of it. I'm telling you right now, when I first watched it, I thought, well, dang, Victor Von Doom's dead. He's not coming back for part two. He's dead. It's horrible. And then you continue on from there, and what do you get? Oh, they make it back to the pod, all right, but not without the planet giving them a goodbye gift. Ben's door pops open, I'm going to say from malfunction, and it fills with rocks. Like, rocks are pelting him, and I I want to say that the horrifying thing about it, when you think about it, is the rocks aren't just pelting him. I'm going to go on a theory and say that as they were pelting him, they were ripping the suit, hitting him on the skin, and then fusing with the skin and transforming him in a horrifying way. Like, you don't see the transformation, but you do see him get him covered with rocks and just buried. And then I think the door shuts. And then with Johnny, he hit the glass busts open, the energy busts it open, and ignites the son of a gun. Like, I understand he's the human torch, you know, it's fire is going to be involved in getting your powers, but Johnny Storm in the original, not the original for me, early 2000s, basically got hit with the wave, and the wave corresponded with giving him fire powers. This one literally ignited the poor lad, and he was screaming. That's horrifying. Like, imagining that. Like, if you watched it when I did... Oh my gosh, I left the theater a little scarred. I'm not going to lie. I know it's like, wow, you're weak. That was back before I became less afraid of things and then deadpan to fear. Well, I mean, I'm still scared here and there like a normal human being, but watching scary movies, I laugh more. It has to be really good on the scare to get me. But for some reason, they weren't even trying and I was scared because I was like, if I was in that situation, I'd think I was dead. That's a horrible way to get your powers. And then uh, after that happens, they make it back. And it's Reed Richards seems like he has no damage on him, like nothing touched him. You are wrong to assume that. His legs are stuck under a beam. He hears his friend calling for him underneath the rock that is actually just him being formed. You don't see it, of course. You just see the rubble and him crying for help. And Reed turns around after he crawls for him, you know, he he pulls on his legs a bit to get him out, crawls towards his friend, because that's his best friend. He needs to get to him. And he turns around, and he's stretched like a rubber band. He's stretched Armstrong, and he is passing out from that, of course, because who would not pass out after seeing their limbs, like their legs, I'm going to say seven feet, maybe 10 behind them. Yeah, no, that's not normal. I'd pass out too. 
Not going to lie. So, Sue, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, you know, we're going to do like a Sue perspective. She goes into the room after calling and she is trying to get them back. She's running the program to do manual override of initiating the launch sequence to bring them back into their dimension. When they do come back, the lab's destroyed and everything. She gets hit with the wave of that energy and it affects her that she now is able to become invisible and with her mind create force fields. Of course, she can't. None of them can control their powers, so for some reason, like early 2000s, Fantastic Four, they can control their powers, but the newer ones, they need suits to regulate it. I would get annoyed. I imagine if they did go on to make a second one, they'd, you know, implement, oh yeah, we now have these bracelet bands or like little neuro links in the back that we just, you know, click on there, you know, so on and so forth. But I I would not be able to function well just constantly wearing a suit. I'd have to wear normal clothing. Like, I know it's like, no, normal clothing, if you use your powers, depending who you were, it, it would either ruin them or destroy them automatically. I don't care. Make me a pinky ring or like, you know, a little wristband watch that can regulate my powers. I could not survive wearing those uncomfortable suits. But yeah, so they get the powers. It hits them hard. And when they wake up, they're in the institution. And I'm not here to talk about plot. Because, you know, if you've already watched it, you've already watched it. I'm here to talk about the points now where I thought it was a scary movie. And, oof, buckle up on that one. Because, it's scary. Like, the way they got their powers, as I described, that's almost on the level of, like, a scary movie situation. Like, if a ghost was after you and trying to kill you and now you're dealing with the hauntings because they're traumatized by this and it doesn't go into like oh they have PTSD or oh they can't function because they're traumatized by it they now have to live with it and they're working through it very well but at the same time that's a scary situation to go through and it's played off the rest of the time as a superhero movie but once you bring back Victor Von Doom that's not you're not in the scary movie like normal realm you're in the scary movie like this should not have been a superhero movie this should have been a superhero slash scary movie like brightburn but without the superman aspect because let me tell you right now when victor von doom is you know he they find him he's a wandering nomad of the planet he survived the lava of that planet somehow and they bring him back do i think it was the worst idea they brought him back a little bit. I understand by human compassion, they're like, oh, he's hurt. We need to bring him back. But from the government, man, it's like, we can learn secrets of the planet. Bring him in. They bring him in and, uh, yeah, as you would think, Victor Von Punk, as the villain, does not just bring it in for a hug on the reunion as they're working on trying to, you know, make him better and the government guy who's chewing gum throughout some of the scenes I've noticed asks him like, hey, 
We want to help you become, you know, you again. We want to make you well. But tell us the secrets of the planet. How did you survive? Victor, of course, you know, gives him the 101 of the planet. Not like the full extension, but he's basically just straight on the board. Like, the reason why I survived, I survived because the planet gave me strength. Gave me life. And now you couldn't stay away. I gotta, I gotta just destroy you all so you don't ruin my home. My Blink-182 album is there. I can't have you destroying it. And now you'd think like, oh, he just pushes them against the wall, knocks him out. And then this, you know, guy, he just Thanos snaps him, you know, a little bit off screen, right? No. He breaks everything in the room, kills the scientists right off bat. And it's like done with his mind powers and whatnot. But when he turns to the government guy talking to him, he straight up burns him in the suit. Like you see him becoming just red because he's heating him up like a microwavable burrito on the highest setting you can. And then murks him right there. And it's not off screen. You, you see it happen and it's horrifying. And he's going down the hall and he's, it's a little homage to Akira, like when he escapes from the medical room. But he escapes and is murking everyone. It's not friendly. It's not a, oh yeah, it's just how it is. He is murdering. And it's scary. So, take one more pause since this is first episode. It's going to be a long one because, you know, I want it to kind of be special. But we're going to take one more pause and then it's the home stretch of this just talking about the fan four stick. And that one will be kind of like talking about another different things of how the heroing was a little bit underhanded to the scary specifics I mentioned. So stick around. talk about the hearing but we're gonna wrap it up i think for the most part it could have been just take out the horror element like yeah i know they were going for dark gritty like this is serious you could have yeah less of that you know you could have had victor von punk not be a punk first of all like actual doom and be like haha i'm going to rob these banks in secret after the incident and build my fortress in the backgrounds and then go from there this one just it was just all about oh it's horrifying they got their powers and their friend victor's possibly dead question mark and it was all just a bunch of crazy but now that everything is cooled off and we're gonna get a new fantastic four they're going to be all about the heroing, especially if you watched all the Marvel stuff. They get into that good balance of doing the heroing stuff. And that's absolutely amazing. So putting the last pin on that, 
thank you for watching or not watching i say that like y'all are got a tv and watching it oh maybe one day you'll see the podcast of the videos but instead thank you for listening to ozzy's mind i hope to post some more in later dates but for now i've talked about getting an episode out and i needed to get it done and in the next ones it'll be more crafted and put together this one i tried to put it together as best as i could it didn't come out that way but every every start of it doesn't come out the best it comes out as good as you can make it i finally made it so i really do hope that when this gets published everyone enjoys if not oh well episode two is always where you know you can do better so i'm your host aussie boy 13 aka billy and thanks for coming to ozzy's mind see y'all in the next one